Welcome to Happy Hour at Home, a podcast about friends navigating adult life in the modern world. I'm your host, Chloe, and today we're talking about dating! I know it's been a while. Your girl has been posting a lot more on YouTube these last two months. I've been hosting these video interviews with my friends and I'm gonna be posting the highlight reels there on YouTube and then the full uncut versions here on the podcast. So let's get started. What's your name? What do you do? Where did you grow up? And what are three of your hobbies? My name's Josh. I grew up in Los Angeles. I'm currently a software engineer at Apple. I like swimming building mechanical keyboards and playing video games. My name is Elena. I am a product specialist at Facebook. I grew up in Western North Carolina. My hobbies include running, reading tons of self-help and self-care books, and baking tons of pie. I'm Alistair. I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada, and then actually grew up in Hong Kong and then came to the U.S., San Francisco in college and have never left. I'm an experienced designer at EA on the Sims team. And three hobbies, dancing, writing. I like, I like drawing also. I'm like a pretty creative person, so I like to have a lot of creative outlets. My name is Susan. I grew up in SoCal. My hobbies are traveling, reading, and hanging out with my friends. How experienced are you in the dating scene? As of recently, like the last two years, uh, not very experienced. Um, but before that, I was, I was going on quite a bit of dates. <laughs> I'm not experienced at all. I went on a couple dates in high school and then I eventually landed upon my now fiance and partner of 10 years. I guess it would be pretty experienced. <laughs> I guess from go going from like a 10 year, I'm like in it to commit, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but now I, I am in a, I guess, committed relationship. It's been like two years now. I think I'm pretty experienced in the Bay Area dating scene. Have you used any dating apps? Yes or no? Oh, so much. I think especially in like the gay community, it's like the pretty common to, to use dating apps. Tinder was pretty good. Bumble was good. Match.com and uh, eHarmony, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> no, never. That was way before my time. Yes, I've used Tinder, Coffee Meets Babable, Bumble, Hinge, and The League. <laughs> Mostly Tinder, uh, and then uh, I tried a bit on Bumble, uh, Coffee Meets Bagel, and uh, Hinge at the end. How many first dates have you been on? <laughs> 20 to 30, yeah. I think if I'm counting the one where Brad Sullivan picked me up in his Mustang and took me to watch fireworks, probably four. <laughs> probably over 20. <laughs> 25 to 40 or so? Is that a lot? Are you the person who usually asks or the person who waits to ask? Most of the time I'll ask if the person seems willing. Oh, I always wait. I don't ask anyone out. I think I typically do the, um, you know, like, it would be great to continue this conversation maybe in person or something, like drop it, like very obvious hint. Like for example, if we're like talking about like our favorite coffee shop or I don't know, lunch place, I'll be like, oh, it'd be nice, you know, for you to take me there. <laughs> so, so subtle, right? <laughs> My Southern upbringing definitely tells me that I'm a person that waits to be asked because I like to see uh, a man make a move. But now if Matthew McConaughey walks into a bar, I just might have to pick him up. <laughs> uh, what's your ideal first date? Ooh, I like a date where you get to talk a lot. I think most people disagree with me, but I actually like dates like over dinner. A lot of my mentality at the time was, well, I have to eat dinner and I don't want to get coffee at like 6 p.m. If you're kind of newly single and you're going on a lot of dates, like you, you can only have coffee so many times in one day. My ideal first date is uh, over lots of food, lots of red wine. We're talking, they're asking me lots of questions. Um, I'm eating, I love to eat with my hands, but I don't want to be like too gross. I had one person one time tell me that they would definitely pick me up or talk to me until they saw me eat and they would never would do it again. <laughs> so probably something delicate like a soup. And maybe we do something adventurous like a uh, putt-putt. <laughs> Before COVID, I actually really enjoy like morning walks around maybe the park with a nice cup of coffee, 
I love brunch. So like a really good brunch place would be great. I like to actually have the other person plan it because I think that's a good reflection of how the person is. Um, I like to end them around afternoon so I could go to my friend's place and tell them about the day. <laughs> Drinks at a bar. No dinner, no meal allowed. What do you do leading up to a date? What does that pre-date process look like for you? <laughs> I'm, I think I'm a pretty serial, no, let's just say very lighthearted stalker. Maybe go into their social media to like see if they're actually telling the truth. I actually have a weird thing about deciding if I should wear contacts or glasses on the date. <laughs> That's like, should I wear fashionable glasses or should I be, you know, be my full, full face? And then like picking out a good you know, perfume or cologne. I'm going to take care of myself. This is kind of like my best self. And if you, if the other person doesn't like it, then it's their problem. <laughs> After a while, I was very efficient where I have a first date bar, a first date outfit, and I look the same every time on the first date. I like to be really punctual uh, a little bit early if I can be, just because I think it shows the person that you're like really respectful of their time. Uh, do your skincare routine. And then I like to listen to like some pump up music, nothing like romantic, but just something to kind of get me feeling more confident or like pumped up or just ready to ready to talk to someone really. Oh, I like to I like to listen to anime openings <laughs> because because it's so like it gets you so hyped. The last thing I probably like to do is just maybe call a friend. People probably don't think you have to worry about it as a guy, but like anytime you're going to meet up with someone for the first time from the internet, even if it's of a friend of a friend, uh, I think you should always just let someone know where you are uh, in terms of safety. I definitely feel like I am a hype man at heart. Hyping my friends up, hyping my man up, hyping myself up. So if I'm doing my pre-date, I'm like futures background hype man, like dick, dick, get it, get it. So I'm just like revving myself up. Energy is high. I might go on a run to get rid of like the pre-anxiety jitters. I get dressed to the nines because I'm always overdressed rather than underdressed. And I love like, you know, breaking necks. And I think that I might meditate or center myself just so I know like, you know, I'm there for a purpose and that's to snag a man. <laughs> what are small gestures in the first few dates that are very sweet and meaningful to you? I think sweet things are like maybe little compliments be like, oh, I noticed, you know, you had a haircut. Oh, I sprayed, you know, this cologne. It'll be nice if like they noticed it because it's like I, I made an effort to do something. It'll be nice to be noticed for it. When they remember what you talked about, like on the first day, you're like, oh, like I'm really worried about this thing at work or oh, I'm stressed about like something that's happening with my friend group or something like that. If they remember and they follow up and ask about it and they're like, oh, like last time we hung out, you had this big presentation. How did it go? follow up and be like, oh, like, here's that article we talked about, or here's something that made me think of you. Here's like a meme that made me think of you, stuff like that, where it shows me that they paid attention and like listened. I'd actually rather have someone who's a little bit more nervous and a little bit more cocky. If you go on a first date and the person feels like they're too good to be here, that this feels like date number six out of eight that they've had today. But some good things are definitely like how they treat wait service staff. I think that's a big one. I've got to have somebody that, you know, has manners and a big heart. So if they're opening up my car door, if they're opening up the restaurant door, um, if they go to, you know, be nice to the wait staff or the bartender, maybe they've got like a nice tip that they're throwing on the bill, just being very courteous, having lots of manners, looking nice. They didn't just roll out of bed and put on their favorite t-shirt, but you know, they put in some effort into the experience. Oh, and they planned it, you know, like it was thoughtful. It wasn't just like, you know, here's where I bring all the women, but it's like, no, you said you like sushi. This is the best sushi spot in town. What are your red flags on a first date? If they just talk about themselves the whole time, they don't ask me any questions. They always talk about themselves and then all they do is talk about work. I think that's always <laughs> terrible. If they're rude to people, like if they're act entitled, they don't tip well, they don't open up my car door. Um, there's also like red flags where I get where they start complimenting me about how Asian I am or like trying to guess my ethnicity. People who can't carry a conversation, they talk really poorly about their ex-partners. Less so like if you're like, oh, like I had a shitty first date, let's laugh about it, like that's fine. 
um, but more like, oh yeah, like my ex-girlfriend was this terrible person and she was like the whore for all of these reasons. I think it shows to me that one, like that you're just like not over it. You're not over it. And then if you are over it, why do you bring this up on a first date? I feel like a lot of flags are mostly kind of yellow where it's kind of like, oh, that was kind of weird. I went on a date with someone who was just really self-deprecating. So she had gone to UC Berkeley for undergrad, one of the best universities in the world. And she was saying to me like, yeah, I don't think I should have gotten in. I'm not smart enough. I don't like deserve to be there. I was like, no, like you seem like pretty smart. Like, I don't, I don't think you should feel that way. And, and then she said, no, no, trust me. I'm like way too stupid to be there. If you think you're stupid, it's like, what you, I'm not here to like validate your insecurities. If you're on a first date just to fish for compliments, you will kind of start to realize that that confidence kind of just has to come from yourself instead of from somebody else. What is your philosophy on who pays? <laughs> so I actually never pay on the first date. Gentlemen's got to uh, at least offer and then also definitely pay for the first date, just the first. When the bill comes, I pretend. I will pay. So I'll be like, oh, I'll get it. And then usually the person's like, oh, I'll get it. No, I'll get it. And then I'll be like, no, no, okay, fine. You get it. I'll get it next time. Um, and then sometimes there won't be a next time. But I feel like maybe I've learned that from my mom. I'm not sure. My mom does that, you know, in family situations where you're like fighting for the bill, but sometimes you don't want to pay for it. <laughs> I'm always going to do my part and just like, oh, let me help out, you know, let, but if they take me up on that offer, we ain't talking again. If they don't, if they're just automatically like, yep, have these, then we ain't talking again. I might just sneak out to the bathroom and just never show my face around. I came from kind of the traditionalist background of, you know, the, the man, the male always pays in, in a heterosexual relationship. And then <laughs> I looked at my credit card bill and I was like, oh, does the man really always have to pay? Uh, this is starting to add up. If the date was going well, I would pay for the take the, or I would pay for the dinner or whatever we were doing and then ask them to get the next one. And if the date wasn't going well, I would just ask them to split. This didn't happen to me, but I had a friend who had gone on a couple dates with this guy, maybe like three or four dates. And he paid for all the dates. Like they went to fancy dinner. And then for whatever reason, like it didn't work out, which is, which was fine. Like she wasn't bitter about it. It was a, it was a mutual thing. And then two weeks later, he sent her like a Venmo request for all four of the dates that they had been on to like split all the food and stuff. I will always split the bill. I think I don't like to owe people anything or if they're like, oh, like you got this one, I'll get the, like, I got this one, you'll get the next one. Cause then I feel like I have to go on a next one if I don't want to go on a next one. So I just, I am very adamant on always splitting the bill. Kiss on the first date, yes or no? <laughs> I think we might be locking lips if we've got that natural chemistry and I'm just staring at their lips the whole time. But if they just downed a couple greasy burgers and garlic fries and they got a little sweat on their lip, you know, it might turn me off real big time. But again, if they're handsome enough, I might just break some of my own rules. No, I don't know where your mouth has been. I think the first question is, are you okay with it? Right, like, are you yourself comfortable with it? What what does like kissing mean to you? Is like, for some people, if you if you kiss on the first date, they're like, oh, you want to be in a relationship with me, don't you? Right, but for other people, it's like, no, I just I just kissed you. <laughs> I actually have like a rule of thumb though, where I don't make the move. I never make the first move on a first date, and that's mostly just because I don't want someone to feel pressured like in any way to have any like kind of physical romance if they're not ready or they're not comfortable. <clears throat> if I like the person, I would kiss on the first date. If I don't like the person, I will not kiss on the first date. Or any date. <laughs> What's the best date you've ever been on that was somewhat newish, adventurous, your favorite? We like went out for a dinner. It like definitely started off very superficial at first, but then we really, really connected somehow. And we like ended up with probably within 30 minutes started talking about family and uh, like our goals. It's a great conversation. That was like great because that's like one thing I love is just having great conversation. Uh, we actually found out we live pretty close to each other. So he actually took me over to his place and then he actually played piano. I know I like definitely was just like, oh my God, <laughs> but like secretly have my maybe my foot flick in the back. <laughs> and, uh, 
<laughs> and like swooning a little bit. He was also kind of nervous, I felt like. Um, so like it was kind of cute that he was like trying to impress me. I, I would say like a bit of a riskier first date because like I said, you don't know the person, like tickets are kind of expensive. The, that one was really fun because when I got to see like a lot of artists I liked and then it's really good, I think, to know when your date has a similar music taste to you, which is kind of like a, a thing you can vibe to. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, like even if this didn't work out romantically, we still like this thing that we have in common, which is like, we like a lot of the same bands. My favorite dates are the ones who can get ratchet with me because then I know. So I used to go out a lot pre-COVID and I like to go like clubbing. I like to go to a lot of concerts. Um, and to me, it was very important to find someone that could keep up with me and my friends who enjoys going out, um, has a like passion for music. Um, similar to my vibe, just because that's a lot of what I was doing. It might have been like a Tuesday night. I mentioned that like being able to go out and like go to concerts and go to clubs was a big deal to me. And then they were like, let's go. And I was like, what do you mean? Let's go. It's Tuesday. He's like, let's go. And somehow we ended up at Blondie's in the Mission on a Tuesday night. And you know, they actually played really good hip hop on a Tuesday night. And we just went clubbing on a Tuesday night. And that was memorable. And I was like, okay, this guy can hang. And like, they, he showed me his dance moves. They were interesting. I enjoyed them. And it made, it showed me that he was like able to make a fool of himself. Or at least I thought he was making a fool of himself. I don't know what he thought. And then another sweet day was we just went to MoMA. And this was like not a first or second date. This was like a fourth or fifth date. He was like really nice, really sweet. Um, but I wasn't sure if he had a lot of interests outside of, you know, like, tech bro coding stuff um and we went to moma and he actually <clears throat> turned out to be like super into the art and so we'd be like walking around and i like art well enough like i enjoy and appreciate moma and like art museums and i'll like walk around and but he would be like oh like this is from this artist do you like this artist also did this this and this and you know there's like this piece i've been really wanting to see and it's a like it's like here somewhere in MoMA we should go find it and I was just like really really blown away and impressed by like how much he knew about art and how passionate he was about it and then I was like oh like why do you know so much about it and he's just like oh like growing up my parents dragged us to a lot of art museums as a kid and I guess like a lot of it has just sunk in and so that was really cute to me because that's like comes from family and all that so yeah that was a sweet date memorable. I was dating a guy long distance and it was mostly about the build-up so he would write me letters, but he would send them to my roommate in college and she would lay them on my bed so that I would see them when I got home from class and it was a mystery. But it would be like day seven, I'd read it and it was super sweet. Day five, day three, counting down the days for a uh, mystery event until the last day I opened it up. It said, be at this, you know, real famous part at my college, Court of Carolina, and you know, look nice and be there at seven. So I rolled out there, I'm super pumped, kind of have a feeling, you know, I might know what it is. But as I walked up, there's this semicircle of brick and he had laid out candles all around the semicircle with a little beaver mascot from his university, a big bouquet of flowers. And out over yonder across the field, he come out behind a tree and I saw him. And so I start running, he starts running, we get a big bear hug, everyone around us is clapping because they think it's some sort of proposal or something. But he takes me out to dinner, we get some juice, I don't know, we were at 21 at the time, and then uh, we go to a rose garden. It was really sweet and I think it was just thoughtful because he had surprised me. And uh, now we're engaged. So on the flip side, what are your worst core dating stories? It was scheduled for a date, I think, for like uh, the next, it was like coming up in the next two hours. And then randomly I get a message from him asking for a photo of my feet. What the? And then that was immediately like, nope, I like blocked him. That didn't happen. Everything else has been kind of, was normal. Yeah. And then <laughs> randomly it was like, could I have a photo of your feet? Did you respond uh, at all? It was just weird. No, I did not respond, I just blocked him. I was just like, what? So I had gone out with this guy once. Nothing really happened. We weren't really feeling it. And then we matched again, maybe on a different app, like a year, <laughs> year and a half later. Mm -hmm. And he hit me up and I was like, sure, why not? Like it wasn't a bad date the first time. So no harm, no foul, let's see. 
And then we went to this bar and we were talking and it was fine. And I don't remember how this came up. And then I was like, oh, like, so how's your dating life been since, you know, the last time we went out? And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, so I'm actually going through a divorce. And I was like, what? Whoa. I was like, what do you mean? We went out like a year ago. Like, were you married then? Were you married? He's like, yeah, like I met this girl and you know, we were like really hitting it off and we moved in together really quickly. And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, yeah. And then we went to Vegas. I'm like, uh-huh. And then he was like, yeah, like it was kind of like a, I dare you, no, I dare you, no. And then neither <laughs> of us, you know, both of us are stubborn. So neither of us backed down. And I was like, uh, what? When he first said, oh, I'm going through a divorce, I was so shook that I, like, was like, ah? And then I, like, knocked over the water cup and the beer glass and just oh. shattered glass everywhere. That is a major red flag. Someone who got married on basically a dare because they're too stubborn to back down. I was like, uh, I gotta leave. And sad plug, I, like, walked by that bar all the time and it, like, made me think of it every time and I laughed every time and that bar just closed down because of COVID, <sighs> so support your local bars. So it was a second date. So the first date had gone pretty well and then we had been texting a bit and it was an interesting time of the year because it was Valentine's Day. I was pretty interested in this girl. I was looking forward to getting to know her more. It was Valentine's Day, so I was like, okay, I should kind of do something to let this girl know I'm interested in her. So, like, uh. I dressed a little bit nicer that day to work. I had a friend pick up flowers for me um, so that I could give her flowers after work when I went to go pick her up. Yeah. For our second date, I decided that we should go mini golfing. But this mini go golfing place in particular didn't really have a great parking situation. So I said, okay, let's meet at my apartment and then we can take one car to the place so we don't have to worry about finding two parking spots. She gets to my apartment. It's like, oh, should I take your car or do you want to take my car? And I was like, oh, we could take your car. And then... I was trying to be a, appear a little bit more confident than I actually felt, but I said, oh, like, can I drive your car? This was a bad assumption, but I was like, it'll probably look impressive to her if I can like show her that I can drive well, which by the way is a stupid thought and no one should ever, that's not a thing. So she's driving a Prius B. It's like, it's like not the normal Prius. So she's, she has a Prius. Okay. I've never really driven a Prius before. Another mistake yeah. that I made. It's, it's a car, right? Like I've driven a lot of cars before. This is fine. So I hop in the front seat and immediately I back up into a pole into my apartment. <gasps> oh no. That's so bad. <laughs> this is the worst. Like I'd done so much. I dressed up. I bought flowers. I'd like planned this whole date. And then I get into her car and back it up into a pole. So we get out and I'm obviously profusely apologizing. <sighs> like, I'm so sorry. I, I mean, what do you even say at that point? <laughs> um, but I, I look at her car and like the damage is decent. I cracked her tail light and her bumper was totally dented. And so, and then I was like, do you want to drive? <laughs> um, oh, no. So that was, that was pretty bad. I, I think that was for me, like a good sign to be like, hey, you should not be so confident on a date or not feel like you need to do that. Also never offer to drive anyone's car yeah. unless they ask you to. And that car had a backup camera too. So I just, I, it was, it was all bad. Oh no. Um, but the rest of the date went well, but I think it was hard to kind of recover from yeah. that, to be honest. Yeah, did you take it to the repair shop after and cover it? So that was also my most expensive date ever, <laughs> uh, coming in at $1,500 to pay <gasps> no! for the, the car to be fixed. And I wasn't really in the position to ask them to like, oh, can you take it to a different repair shop to yeah. get a second opinion? Yeah. That was the worst and most expensive date I've ever been on. So. Oh my God, was there a third date? <laughs> there was a third date. So I always told myself that she must have kind of liked me at least <laughs> if I crashed her car and there was still a third date. <laughs> Mine's a mixture of the strangest, worst, and weirdest. <laughs> it's all into one. I was in high school and I was working at the Chick-fil-A. My youth group, you know, I would go every so often and I had my eyes set on not just a boy, but a, a man. He was a college man. And he was a sophomore in college and I just thought he was just, you know, God's gift to earth because he was handsome, he was tall, he was athletic, and he had never kissed a girl. And my southern roots got pumping and I was like, I'm on the hunt, I want that one. And so I would I would go and I'd talk to him, I'd flirt a little bit, we'd text back and forth. Um, a couple times I'd like try to grab his hand, but he was real shy, real bashful. And that's just not me at all. And so I was so intense about it that at the law firm that I worked at in high school during the summer, I had this drawer and I'd pull out my drawer and it was a big old desk calendar, the size of the desk itself. And I would mark out the days. I'd be like, June 8th. 
talk to Jason. <laughs> June 12th, held Jason's hand. June 15th, saw Jason at church. And I was mapping out the days because in my head, I was like, I'm going to use this data to help me find the best time and space. So we go on our date and we're going to have a kiss. Jason kind of caught on to uh, my crush and he was like, all right, Elena, let's go out on a little date around town. And so we were walking around. It was summertime. I was in my nice summer dress. You know, I'm laughing at all his jokes. Um, we're feeling it, right? Get towards the end of the date. We, uh, and it wasn't a super fancy date. We were just walking around town, eating a little bit of ice cream, you know, just hanging. But I had a time pressure on my end because I had my next shift at Chick-fil-A starting at 530. Mm -hmm. So I'm hanging out with Jason, you know, when we gonna get this kiss, but you know, nothing but just sweat on my end and um, patience on his. I knew he was taking his time. I feel like he was kind of thinking, but he walked me to my car and we went back and forth a little bit, just enough so where I knew that there was tension there. And eventually I was just like, oh, darn, I'm just gonna get in my car and go because I'm running late. And so he stops me and he's like, wait a second, Elena, are you sure you don't want to do anything else? And by that point, I was real nervous, real anxious, and I'm almost late and I still want to kiss this guy that I had this big crush on. My desk calendar told me today was the right time. And so my eyebrows just start going and they're twitching just like this. And I was like, I mean, we can if you want. And he was like, what's wrong with your eyebrows? And I was like, nothing's wrong. It's fine. It's irrelevant. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I was like, Jason, you look a little weird because he had these sweat driplets going down his face. And I was like, we don't have to do anything if you don't want to do anything. And then he just, I'd never heard this come out of Christian boy's mouth, but he goes, it's fine. I just got to stop being. And I was like, oh, you just said the P word. And I was like, all right, here goes nothing. And he takes a deep breath and he goes, what? Just a little peck like that. So, and I was like, all right, that was it. And so I was like, okay, cool. See you later. And he told me later, like he was feeling sick. Like I was afraid that he was going to vomit. He looked green in the face. And I was just like, all right, worth it still. I made my way to Chick-fil-A. I was 30 minutes late. I was telling my boss, you know, I had car trouble. But my brother worked there too. And another girl in our youth group worked there. And they both knew that I was kind of lying. So I felt bad lying to like God's chicken. So anyway, I'm like rolling up. And and then they're just saying like, what was going on? Who were you with? And I told Chelsea, I was like, well, I was on a date with Jason. And she was like, oh. And she texted Jason about it saying, Elena told me what y'all did. I didn't say nothing, but Jason got real offended because he thought that I was running my mouth about his first kiss, but I didn't swear on it. But he messaged me, told me that he was offended that I had told Chelsea what happened on our date. And I was like, I didn't tell Chelsea nothing. I just said we went on a date. But he also knew that I had lied to the Chick-fil-A. So after that, he told me that things weren't gonna work out. It was the end of summer and he was gonna have to go back to college. And let me tell you, nothing in my desk calendar told me that that was gonna happen. But uh, he never really talked to me again. And then later I wound up going to the same university he did. And uh, after a couple of beers, we wound up talking about it. And I was like, Jason, you gotta tell me about this date. Also, did you know I had a desk calendar? <laughs> and he was like, he was flattered. And he was just basically saying that at the time, you know, he was in youth camp and he was talking about how he was really trying to find himself. And he knew that if he went on a date with me, that it would make him, you know, come to terms with who he was. And he did come out of the closet. He was only interested in seeing men. And now I knew it wasn't really me. And so I felt really good about that. And then not even like a year or two later, he spent the night on our couch in San Francisco, me, him, and my fiance cracking jokes. And I told him that that definitely went down as my worst date that I had ever been on. <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> I went on a date with someone who was white and he took me to a Japanese restaurant, a pretty fancy one. So it was already like a huge flex because it's like one of the most expensive Japanese restaurants in San Francisco. It was like great conversation, but he was like already giving me kind of weird, very controlling 
vibes. The waiter came and I was just like trying to decide what to eat and he wouldn't let me decide. He would pick for me and like the waiter would come, would like ask me what I want and then he would be like, oh, he wants this. That already was like, oh no, like what is this going? I was like already like, how do I leave this date? And what, what was kind of like the cherry on top of that was, okay, first off, I know how to properly use chopsticks. Yeah. You know, the actual way that you learn. Yeah. Uh, my mom has taught me. So while we're eating sushi, he looks at my chopstick skills and goes like, oh, you're using your chopsticks wrong. Oh. And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, oh, this is actually how you use it. I lived in Japan for a year <sighs> and they taught me the proper way. And I was like, first off, I'm not Japanese. And he's like, oh, I thought you were Japanese. And then I was just immediately, I was like, okay, I think we're done with this date. <gasps> uh, and I like, I walked up, I walked, I walked uh, away. Yeah. You got up? Like, I, I just got up and left. I, I was just like one of those, like, is this really happening? Like, did he just, it was like this weird thing I left, was just like, definitely felt very like upset mm -hmm. that that happened to me, but also for some reason upset at myself. Aww. It was just like this weird, like, what did I do? Yeah, uh, yeah that, was, that, that one was pretty bad because I think that one hurt a lot. That was pretty bad. Traumatizing is a good word. <laughs> okay, I had another super comfortable day okay. with this guy. So first, like when we showed up, he didn't look really like his photos. I think the photos were like really old and he had put on a significant amount of weight which I think was would have been fine if they had been portrayed in the photos like I like a more accurate representation and then the other thing was the height so I'm like very tall for a woman I'm 5'9 and when I say I'm 5'9 I'm 5'9 barefoot no shoes on true 5'9 <laughs> And a lot of guys will put on their app like, oh, I'm like 5'9", but what they mean is I'm 5'9 with my shoes on and my hair done. <laughs> and so like, I don't have a problem going out with someone my height. Like if you're a true 5'9 and I'm a true 5'9, that's totally fine. But then if you're like putting 5'10 or 5'9 and then you're 5'7, I can tell because then I will be taller than you. <laughs> And so like, I ask, I'm like very upfront. If someone's like, oh, I'm 5'9 or 5'10, I'm that. I'll be like, I am too. So are you really? And a lot of times guys are like, no, I'm actually like 5'7 with, oh. and then with shoes on. And so this guy had put like 5'11 or 6 or something. And I showed up and he was like 5'9 with shoes on. And I was like, you can, like, I expect guys to like lie an inch or two, fine, whatever. But this is like significant. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Where I'm a kind soul, I'm just gonna go forward. I'm like, this is fine. I'm here, just gonna have a good time. And then he just like didn't listen to anything I said. And so everything that I said was a segue for him to talk about himself. And then he, so I've been working in the same career field for my entire career for the past five years. And this guy was a consultant who had once interviewed for a job in my career field interviewed one position and failed at getting it. I told him what I did and then he explained to me how to do my job. Oh. And I was like, eh? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, like this approach that you're doing, you should probably be doing this instead. And I'm like, eh? Eh? And <laughs> eh? <laughs> you know, but I uh, just went with it. I was like, sure. And then the other thing that I'm really like passionate about is traveling. And like, I am really into like credit card hacking, travel points, um, like yeah. rewards cards, yeah. all of that. That's like something that's very important to me. And I like know a lot about and do a lot of research about. And this guy was trying to convince me that like, he was like, oh yeah, like Delta is the best airline and these are the reasons why. And I was like, oh, I'm like a Southwest girl. And he's like, tell me all these things that are like inaccurate. And then he's like, you know, I've traveled a lot in my time. I've been to like Dallas and stuff. And I was like, hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, I like lived in Ireland for a little bit. He's like, oh yeah, I've been to Ibiza. You ever been to Ibiza? I was like, okay. It was more the fact that like everything I said was just a segue for him to talk about himself and he didn't ask any questions and to do any of that combined with the mansplaining my career to me that I was kind of like, I gotta go. And so I was like, oh, like this has been fun, but I actually have to leave. And then he was really adamant on not letting me leave. He's like, oh no, like, let's just go to another bar. Oh no, let's get a meal. Let's do this, let's do that. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I like got so flustered that I eventually was like, I have to go to the airport. <laughs> like, I didn't know what else to say. I like, the no wasn't working. I couldn't think of anything. It was in the spot. I was kind of freaking out. Wait. I gotta go to the airport. <laughs> 
Okay. Because what can you say? No, don't go to the airport. Like that's true. So that I fled, and then the next day, this was back in the days of where like Snapchat was being used a lot. And the type of person to post like, oh, like yeah. the picture of my food, and then just like tag whoever I'm yeah, with. Yeah. And so I Snapchatted that, and I was at a meal with a male coworker. Yeah. And this guy messaged me on Snapchat, and then he's like, oh, I see you have another date lined up. <gasps> and I was like, block. Like literally, it's like block, like block on everything. Very strange. Just take note. If she says no, just accept it. Don't make her lie about going to the airport. <laughs> Don't make her lie. After the first date, how do you let the other person know if you're interested in seeing them again or not? I think definitely following up is always good, even if you didn't have a good time. I personally have like a huge vendetta against ghosting because I think it's just kind of disrespectful. I think it's fine if you both kind of fizzle out. Like you know, the first date was okay. Um, and then you were both busy and then it just didn't work out that you could see each other again. And so you just never texted each other again. And I was fine. Like I wouldn't consider that ghosting, but if like first date happens, I text you the next day and say that I had a really good time asking if I could see you again. And you just like basically never reply. That's a little worse. But as far as positive signals, I, I think following up is a really good one saying like, I had a really good time or I really liked the food or it was really good meeting you. And then you don't have to ask again right there just kind of like trying to continue conversation so you can like bring up something from your first date. It's like, oh, maybe you guys like talked about Game of Thrones and it's like, oh yeah, I I had a really good time. Are you watching the Game of Thrones finale tonight? <laughs> like I'm going to be disappointed. And then obviously just telling them that you want to see them again, I think is is always a good plan. I feel like a lot of times the guy will hit at like making other plans or they're like, oh, like we should do this sometime or we should do that sometime. And I was like, yeah, I'm down to do X, Y, Z things that we just talked about. Um, Versus if someone says that and I'm not interested, I'm like, ha ha ha, oh maybe. You hit him with an, oh maybe. <laughs> yeah, or just like blow past that. Just like, yeah, that's a really cool thing. You should totally do that. <laughs> not with me. But if I am interested, I will be more open to like, like, yeah, I'm down. We should do this sometime. Yeah, X, Y, Z. And then if they text after, a lot of times people just like, oh, like, I had a great time. Would love to see you again. I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'm down. I, I don't know why there's like a rule where you're like, don't text back, wait a day or something. But I generally just, I do text back, like even when I get home, I'd be like, thank you for tonight. I really appreciate, you know, something, something like that. I don't know if it works, but like, I always do a winky face. <laughs> or just like, thank you for your time. You know, <laughs> if I'm still interested, I think I would do the, the cute things where every morning, you know, I would wake up and then be like, good morning. Like be the first one to message them. Even when I like, go to bed, they'll be the like the last person. Those are the little things I think I do, but I don't know if they notice. I should probably ask, ask my boyfriend if I did that. <laughs> I'm not one to play any types of games. If I'm interested, I'm gonna let you know I'm interested. I ain't trying to cut any corners. I'm gonna text you back or, you know, maybe give you a call. <laughs> maybe after my Facebook research, I just find out <laughs> that you work near where I work. And so I just walk by, you see me out of the corner. I'm popping into your head and you don't really know why, but it's because, you know, I've been walking around town. So I let you know, I'm interested, I'm messaging you. Or if you text me, I text you right back. I don't play games. What have you done to get out of a date before? Whether you tried ending it yourself or try to get the other person to end oh, it. I've definitely have done the, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and have left. I already have my card ready in my back pocket. And this is something that I've told girlfriends about, I've told ex-boyfriends about, but ne thankfully I've never had to actually use it. I always use it around family, ironically enough. But um, I have a dairy intolerance. And so <laughs> I know if I'm about to order that queso or I'm gonna get me a cheese taco or some cheese fries. I know in about 30 minutes, I'm gonna be the gassiest person in the room. I might need to take a couple trips to the bathroom and it's not something I gotta lie about either. So um, I would definitely pull the dairy card. I'm gonna order the biggest block of uh, cheese dip that I can think of and then just get right out of there. <laughs> Blame it on the intestines. I definitely faked the someone is sick and I need to go take care of them. <laughs> like, oh, my friend is, my friend needs me to help him move. It was a really bad lie because it was like 7 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> it was like, my friend, my friend needs me to help him move. And they were like, oh, okay. I mean, they didn't question it. So I guess that was good. But looking back, I was like, that was a really bad excuse. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> this happened to me before. Someone said that they had to like help their parents do something or like take care of someone at like 10 p.m. 
And then I looked at my phone, I was like, it's 10.30. And then I was like, oh, hey, it's 10.30. Like, do you have to go to that thing? And they were like, oh no, I just made that up just in case I wasn't having a good time. <laughs> what was an embarrassing moment that you had and you did on a date? One day I did have a, uh, like a lunch date and a evening date. I do remember calling the evening date person by the wrong name. This is another good example of why you shouldn't be too confident on a date. We get food at this Thai place. I was trying to look cool and I got the spiciest level that they had at the restaurant. And so I'm eating my food and it's like way too hot for me. I'm like sweating, right? Like I can feel like my, my jeans sticking to my thighs, but then the spiciness like hit my stomach and I was like, oh no, I, I really have to go to the bathroom. We were, we were supposed to watch a movie after. At a movie theater, it's like the worst time to use the bathroom, right? Cause like you have to like step over people and like get up over people. I don't even remember which movie we watched. Oh, it's probably cause I didn't watch the movie cause I was in the bathroom half the time. Every 15 minutes, it was like, I had to go to the bathroom again. I had to go to the bathroom again. That was super embarrassing. And then they were like, you just want to go home? And I was like, no, I'm still having a time. I think there was just something funny in the food. I was like blaming the restaurant for like putting something in the food when it was like my own stupidity for ordering something too spicy. Okay. This city is too damn small. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a first date with someone and someone else I've been, that I've like dated has walked in the door. Oh no. And then I have to turn around and leave. If I'm already there, then I don't leave. But sometimes I've like walked into a bar and like seen like someone I've dated yeah. and I'm like meeting with a date and I'm like, we gotta go somewhere else. Wait, how do you explain it to your date? I'm honest. I'm like, I dated that guy over there and I just would like to leave. <laughs> I'd like to go elsewhere. Help. Help. And I haven't dated that many people. And I like change out the spots. <laughs> I've like, this has happened at spots that I haven't chosen. So maybe all the men are choosing the same spots. Oh, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So my fiance and I are, because <laughs> I'm just, it was terrible. So my fiance and I were long distance and he lived in Boston because he went to school at MIT. So we always went around Boston and part of our dates were just like, you know, I'd save a receipt. I would save, you know, a rock if we went to the beach and, you know, we put it in this box and we'd open the box on New Year's every year, relive our dates. So he took me out to the Max Brenner Chocolate Factory in Boston. And I was so pumped, love chocolate. We're eating our chocolate. They come by and they bring us a bill in a little, <laughs> in a tin. And it is such a cute little tin. And I'm like, I sign it and I look around and I go, Marcus, let's steal the tin. Let's just take it. And he was like, no, don't be stealing nothing. You know, we can buy a tin. And I was like, no, it's fun for the box. Cause we'll look back and we'll remember that time we went to a chocolate factory and I stole the tin. <laughs> And because it's a date and we really don't hang out that much, I've been dressed to the nines. I'm in my formal wear. So I had this nice dress on, kind of short, and I'm tall, so it was real short. And I got my heels on, the four inch heels. And so I'm walking, but I start walking real fast because I done seen the waitress go to get our bill. And she's probably at this time wondering, where's the tin? And so I start hustling and I'm hustling, walking real fast. And lo and behold, here come a flight of stairs my heels trip on that stairs and my ass hits every single stair on the way down everyone is looking at me the waitresses the wait staff the guests and my fiance just stares at me and busts out laughing my dress had come up my heel had broke i literally had a heel in one hand the shoe was on my foot and it was so embarrassing and this dang tin in my hand so they all knew that i had tried to flee the scene with the tin and a broken shoe and my butt showing and marcus was just laughing at me i was so embarrassed i was so embarrassed actually that Later, when he picked me up and helped me get up and we were walking back, we got into a huge fight because I was like, you just laughed at me. You let me fall and bust my tail in front of everyone. He was like, I'm sorry, that was hilarious. You should have seen how fast you were running and then how you felt. So uh, we still have that tin. They never did fuss at us or get onto us, but we still have the Max Brenner tin. And uh, I remember it as the night that I made a ass of myself and he laughed at me. And that was just karma for me trying to get away with it. It was terrible! What was your proudest moment when dating? I think every time the other person was able to have a good time was a proud moment. And then I think another proud moment that's kind of overshadowed or maybe even like frowned upon in the dating world is just if you're able to, to be friends with someone that you had gone on dates with. 
even if it like didn't work out romantically. I used to ghost people, which I'm not proud of anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe like a year into ghosting or a year into dating, I was like, ghosting people is not the right move. This is not a nice thing for me to be doing. I should become a mature adult and like be able to have conversations about like, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was like when I started being able to send that after a first or second date text, that's just kind of like, hey, like, like someone will be like, oh, like, I'd love to see you again. And instead of ignoring it forever, I would be like, oh, like, I had a really great time. I really appreciate meeting you, but I just didn't feel the connection or I'm just not interested. I've borrowed templates from other people and have also now like turned it into my own. Mm -hmm. So that is my proudest moment, being able to have that mm -hmm. uncomfortable conversation. Proudest moment was just realizing that I'm worthy of love. It was like this weird time in my life, I think, where I didn't know what love is or was anymore. So it was just like this weird, like, oh, I'm dating for the sake of dating. Like, you're actually worthy of love. And also, it's not bad if you kind of put yourself first. People say that you find love when you're not really looking. Did you find more success dating intentionally or more casually? <laughs> uh, casually, actually. When I was, I think purposely like trying to find a relationship, even through apps and you know through friends, friends of friends. It just seemed like it never worked out. But my my boyfriend and I now we were from the same circle. We we both dance, um, and we were both weren't really looking for a relationship, but like we were interested, but like not really interested. If that makes sense, it's like this weird like, oh, like, like you seem interesting, but I don't know if I want a relationship yet. I remember one of the dates where we sat down and we were just kind of like, what are we doing? Like, are we something or are we just like, what, what are you looking for? I remember him saying, oh, like, I'm not really looking for a long term relationship. Right. And then for me, in response, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, me too. Like it, it, it was weird that I jumped to that like so quickly because I was afraid probably of committing a commitment again because of having really honest conversations that we were both actually afraid of saying to the other that we wanted to, to commit to each other. Now we're, we've been together for almost two years and it's just like crazy that how we started off, we were very like scared, I think very guarded, cautious. And that I feel like because we were able to admit that and then be really honest with each other, um, that's the secret. No, I don't know. <laughs> Honesty. The most success is when you're not looking for it because you're just prioritizing yourself. And what I mean by that is I think that, especially in the case of like my fiance and I, which is the only real love story I have to go off of from a personal account, um, him and I had our relationship built on friendship. We knew going into it that we were going to be nothing more than friends, and so we had no reason other than to be completely honest with each other. And he'd tell me about his dates, I would talk about mine, we would give each other advice, we'd tell each other the, the real dark stuff, the crazy stuff, our dreams, our ambitions, and it was just all um, uninhibited because all we were was friends. And at that point, we actually really got to know each other. And for me, because we weren't really interested in like playing a game or, you know, putting on our, our you know, different colored feathers to kind of attract them to see what they want to see. We really just were like showing each other our authentic self and we put ourselves first. And I really do think you can't pour from an empty cup. And because we were just investing so much individually, investing in our friendship, it made our relationship that much stronger. So yeah, the best relationships are ones that you are prioritizing yourself before you are the other person, because that way you can give that much more to the relationship. I think I found more success dating intentionally. People expect kind of a one word answer from that question of what do you want? There's most of the time, there's just a really complex set of answers. So I think for me in my twenties, a lot of my dating was really helpful in, in kind of answering that question. What am I looking for in a relationship? What am I looking to get out of dating? And I think that answer changes sometimes. And what I mean by that is like going into dating apps, I was just like, oh, you know, I just want someone who's fun and who has the same interests as me. And, you know, I want them, I want to be attracted to them. And yeah, you know, and then I wanted, I would want to be in a relationship with them. A lot of people that I'd gone on dates with had like hit those things. Like they were fun. I was attracted to them. At some point I was like, I don't really think like this part of their personality would be good for me in a relationship. I was able to find that by dating intentionally. That to me was like, 
going on a good amount of dates, talking to a lot of people, having time to myself to reflect on how this date went, how I felt about it, why I thought it was good or bad, which to me sounds like a very tech way of doing it. It's like a post-mortem almost. It's like, oh, like what went wrong? What what could we fix? So maybe, maybe that's like the engineering side of me, but, but I really think it is helpful for a lot of people, especially if you really feel like you don't know what you want. I actually found more success dating intentionally because I feel like I was actually putting time and effort into it. And I feel like I, when I didn't prioritize it, I I wouldn't make the time for it. So I, if someone asked me, I'd be like, cool, here's my calendar for the next two weeks. I have one available like evening. Things wouldn't progress because I was like just very busy and I was unwilling to sacrifice the other parts of my life for it. But then once I was like, okay, like this is more intentional for me. I would make the time and then take a harder look at the person and then cut them if I didn't see long-term potential. How do you take yourself out on a date? For me, I, I like to just like take the whole day to myself. So maybe it's like waking up, doing like a workout, getting something I really like for lunch, um, and then having the afternoon to like either catch up with people or just play video games. But definitely treat yourself. Maybe it's like some retail therapy. <laughs> I love the exploratory <laughs> because I get to like touch things. I would love to go on a massage. I like to sit at Dolores Park or something and kind of people watch. I think that's like one of my favorite things. I like to draw people. So I like would take out my sketchbook and sit in the park for like an hour or so and just draw. It's like very like therapeutic. It's like when you actually have time to take yourself out, make sure you do take care of yourself. I like to take myself in on a date. Ooh. I, yes, I like my favorite TV shows or my favorite movies, Sushi Takeout uh -huh. and candles and sometimes a bubble bath tv show categories is trashy like <laughs> Trash Grey's anatomy reality? oh uh... no Grey's anatomy it was killer tv seasons 1 through 10 through 12 <laughs> we're in season 16 half the cast is dead now they're all like intern children like uh, i would say it's no longer high quality tv but i still love it so <laughs> Grey's anatomy or some gilmore girls some feel-good gilmore girls mm -hmm. now that a mommy sushi is on doordash that is my go-to spot and my bubble bath scent is eucalyptus mint i had lots of practice in this because i was long distance for a while but for me i'm like what are the things that actually make me happy not things that are read in a self-care book that says you gotta take a bath baths give me anxiety yoga gives me anxiety i gotta think about what do i actually enjoy doing i really love to cook i really love to eat and for me, when I have a glass of red wine, I'm reading like a super good mystery novel. I got The Bachelorette on the TV. That is treat yourself time. And I just do the things that make me happy. And uh, that involves a lot of sweets, a lot of drink, and honestly, just like living intuitively. So if I need a little bit of exercise, I do that. If I need a little bit of inward seeking, then I read a book. But most of the times it is just eating. Dating is such a wild, wild world and everyone makes their own mistakes to learn what's right for them. If you want to see the beautiful faces behind these voices, check out the video version on my YouTube channel at Colors of Chloe. That's all for now and see you next time.